this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Marston, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? to sing in hymn number 259, Jesus Saves.
it stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 191, In My Heart There Brings a Melody. Once again, we'll sing hymn number 175. It's just like his great love.
Well, amen. What a great song. You would take your Bibles, turn to Psalms 146. Psalms 146. I, uh, I'm very anxious about preaching this message today. I love it when a message gets hold of me, and uh, this one's really gotten hold of me, and I uh, praise God for that. And um, so in Psalms 146 today is where we're going to start. If you found that, you can stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. I'll begin reading verse number one, and you can just follow along. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. 
He relieveth the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Lord, we love you today. And we do want to come before you praising you for the great God that you are. Lord, as we consider this month of thanksgiving, Lord, I pray that every day would be a day of thanksgiving. Not just in November or December, but every month of every day of our life, might it be a day that we would stop and just praise you for the great and awesome God that you are. Lord, thank you for these scriptures that we come to here in the book of Psalms, and I pray that we would learn from them, and they, they might be our instructors and our teachers to teach us to come into a closer relationship with you, to know you in a greater way, to love you and to uh, just lift you up in our lives and in our private time and in our public. Kind of neat that God put a hymn book right in the middle of our Bible. I think it's pretty cool that he would intend for us to sing praises to his name, that he would intend that we would exalt him and lift him up through our voices. I think one of the greatest gifts that God's ever really given man is music. I love good music. I love going with my God. I forget, I, I should have wrote this down, but I, I didn't. That God has said in his word that if we would hold our peace, the rocks would cry out. And Balaam, riding his donkey, began to beat him, and the donkey spoke to him. And I just reminded the guys, rocks and donkeys. If we don't do our job exalting God, the rocks or the donkeys can do it. And if rocks and donkeys can do it, don't you think we can do it? God gave us intellect. Rocks and donkeys don't have intellect. He's given us the ability, and so we need to exalt him. For the great and awesome God that he is. The final chapter starting in with praise ye the Lord. And wouldn't it be great if we just started our days before we ever got out of bed and just say, praise the Lord. I get to get out of bed today. No, now you young people, that's no big deal to you. But I'm telling you, just being on our feet yesterday, working around here, me and Tylenol, I ought to own part of that company. I went to get up today, and I thought to myself, thank you, God, that I get to get up today. Thank you. Throughout the day, we should stop and thank him. God, thank you for the blessings of being able to be in church with fellow believers who love you, who are, are encouraged. God, thank you that you loved us enough to give us your word, that we might learn and be, be instructed from the word of God. God, thank you for fellow believers to encourage and to strengthen. And God, thank you for the food you provided. And thank you for the vehicle you provided. Thank you for the home, the house that I get to live in. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you that I have health that I have. God, thank you for that. God, thank you that I've made it through another day. And as I close my eyes, God, I just want to praise you. Kind of the way this book these final five books go, praise you to the Lord. In the beginning, end with praise you to the Lord. Be a good way for us to live our life. 
Praise you, the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. I'm telling you what, it helped take a lot of junk out of our life. If we were focused at the beginning of day and focused at the end of day of praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah to his name. The five closing Psalms, 146 through 150, form a group by themselves. And each begins with that phrase, word, hallelujah, are rendered in our authorized English version, praise ye the Lord. Each psalm calls for praise, yet each furnishes different reasons why the praise should be rendered to him. And there seems to be an increasing fervor in the call until the climax is reached in Psalms 150. Now, I wish I had five weeks in a row to preach this because I would preach each one of these. I don't know how God's going to space this out. He's still dealing with my heart about that, but I know where to be in 146 today. And if you would take the time and you would study these five in succession, you'll see a great crescendo building to the last one. Spurgeon wrote of this portion of Scripture, we're now among the hallelujahs. I just love the way the old guys write. We are now among the hallelujahs. Do you ever stop and just let the motion of the world just quiet in your heart and think about What's it going to be like when I step into his presence? Man. Oh, see, I'm so encumbered with so much stuff here that it, it really, it just leaves me empty many times trying to figure what is it going to be like to be in his presence? Where hallelujahs are going to abound. <sighs> I remember being young and Heaven, people say, yeah, when you get to heaven, it's going to be so exciting when you get there because, you know, we're going, to, we're going to stand around, we're going to sing praises. And I'm thinking as a teenager, that don't sound very fun to me. Then I had some preacher explain, you know, the, the big change is that we will be changed. Our desires will be different then. And as I've lived this life, I realize I have so much to thank him for. I have so much to thank him for. He's been so good to me. He's done so much. He's answered so many prayers. He's led in so many amazing ways in my life. Why wouldn't I just stop and spend the rest of eternity just praising him for the awesome God that he is? Better yet, why wouldn't I stop and praise him for all of eternity for that one simple act of salvation where I got on my knees a sinner and I called upon him and he saved me from my sins and I got up saved and uh, heaven's going to be my eternal home, and I'm no longer cloaked in my own righteousness, but now I'm cloaked in His righteousness. Amen. I'm telling you, there's so much in that one simple act that deserves His praise for all of eternity. Amen. Yeah, we're in such a rush, 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 we don't stay, uh, stop and realize the, the presence of God and, and all that He has done for us and the weight of it all. And Spurgeon writes, we are now among the hallelujahs. I can almost hear them ring, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The rest of our journey lies through the delectable mountains. All is praise to the close of the book. The key is high-pitched. 
The music is upon high cymbals. Oh, for a heart full of joyful gratitude that we may run and leap and glorify God even as these psalms do. I'm telling you, that's not 2023 thinking. That's a man who has been alone with God, non-distracted, worshiping Him. Oh, that my heart would be full of joyful gratitude, that we might run and leap and glorify God, even as these psalms do. First point, a personal declaration. You'll find these in the first two verses of Psalms 146. Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. The psalmist starts with I. He doesn't call upon others. He doesn't say, hey, Lalo, this is for you. Or, hey, choir, this is for you. Or, hey, you over here, it's for you. No, the psalmist starts and he says, I will praise the Lord. I will praise Him. I will exalt Him. It gives me the the idea of this is that it doesn't matter if anyone joins me. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I'm going to praise Him. It's my duty that I praise Him. It's my duty that I say hallelujah to His name. For He is worthy for all that He has done for me. He deserves that I would exalt Him. He deserves that I would praise Him. It's not that I look back and say, we as a church need to do this. Oh, we do. But it's really about me and about my relationship with Him. And as you walk from this place today, it's not about what the preacher has said. It's not about what someone else has done. It's not about what even your spouse might think or do. It's what are you going to do with Him? What are you going to do when it comes to praising His name? Do you recognize that He deserves the praise off your lips and from your heart and that He deserves to be number one, to be glorified and honored? Are you realizing and acknowledging that He is the one to be praised? Sometimes invitation time comes, and I might look around to see who goes to try to determine if I feel like maybe I ought to go, just trying to be transparent. But the truth of the matter is, the psalmist didn't care who was going. He was going. It was his personal decision. I will praise. I must decide and I must declare my need to praise Him. I will praise Him in the good times and I'll praise Him in the bad. But it rolls off the lips pretty easy, doesn't it? I'll praise Him in the good times but I'm also going to praise Him in the bad. I'll praise Him in the good times when He's been so good to me. When I've seen grandchildren born or I've seen the birth of a baby, I'm going to praise His name but I'm going to praise Him in the hard times when I bury a loved one, when I stand at a graveside, when I recognize I'm not going to be able to pick up the phone. I'm not going to be able to call them. I go out just over the hill here in the Monticello Union Cemetery, and my mom and dad are buried there, and my younger brother buried there underneath big old tree, and I, I walk down that tree, and I come up to that just can't even believe it. Come up to that headstone. 
On the back, we put John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. One more testimony of the great God that my parents knew and loved. And I go and I stand there. How many times I'd just like to have one more conversation, one more hug. I'd like to barb at my mom one more time just to get that little giggle look out of her I used to get. One more time I'd like to talk to my brother who's been gone now two years. One more time. But it's not going to happen. Not here. But praise his name. It will happen there. Praise his name as I leave this place. And I may say goodbye to some of you. There's some up there that's waiting. Say, ah, preacher, come on up. Come on up. The water's fine. You're going to love it up here, preacher. You're going to love it. You're going to wish you preached a little different here or there. Maybe a little harder about this or that. Maybe spend a little more time witnessing and, and telling others. But I'm telling you, you're going to love it up here. I will praise him. I will exalt him. Notice the last part of, of that phrase there. He says, praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> we're going to get the opportunity to praise him when we're dead. But there's something about praising him when you're alive. You praise him when this body's dead. And the spirit will be in heaven. But, but here I get to impact those around me. I get to impact the lost. I get to impact my neighbors. I get to impact my community. That they might see my praise. That they might recognize, oh, hey, he's serious about this God thing. He's serious about his love for the Lord. When I get to heaven, that's all over because then I'm surrounded by the choir, right? We're all there because we know him as our Savior. And that time will be over. And so I need to praise him while I'm alive. And I will praise him I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Let me just stop right there. And he, he's not saying, oh, I just don't have a good enough voice to sing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I actually was a member of a church. They changed pastors after I had left there. And the new pastor got the idea that the choir all had to try out to be in the choir. The choir went to half, and then the choir went to nothing. Hey, I don't know what Brother Aaron thinks about this. I'll probably be in big trouble with him, but if you want to sing, sing! Sing! I've listened to some horrible singing according to this standard of worldly listening, but in heaven it was joyful noise. We had a guy in Topeka play the saw. That was different. He did it for God's glory, played him on it. I don't know how he did, but he did. I make him sing too. And wing! I don't like that. But... Catch this. While I have any now I want you to hear me and hear me good while I have any being Gus do you know when your smarts are going to leave 
No, you don't, do you? Tib, do you have any idea when your smart's going to leave you? Now, we all know the truth, right? We've got friends that don't remember. I call it sometimers right now. I'm at the young phase of that. And we'll get talking about somebody. I can see them. I can see them, but I can't give them a name. Yeah, you mind if I call you about 3 o'clock in the morning? I'll be able to tell you who that is. Most people don't take me up on that. But we also know people that don't remember anything. Cindy had a grandpa like that. Loved him. He was such a strong, woolly guy. He, he, was, he just lived on the farm all his life, just strong as a bull. And I, I, the thing I remember about him, he'd sit there with a little piece of rope and think he was messing with the cattle or whatever. I mean, I thought, man, what a, what a sad thing, a shell of a man. Can I, can I just challenge you with this? <clears throat> we don't know how long we get to praise him. It could be death. When you die, that's done. I'm not going to praise him with breath any longer because I'll be in heaven. It'll be different. I'm not going to be able to praise him that way. But what if I get one of them brain diseases? And it becomes bad. And I don't recognize anybody. I can't praise him. So I need to do it while I can do it. Anybody who's like 40. So see, when I was a teenager, I looked at 40 and thought, oh, them people are just like one foot from the grave. They're like (laughs) about dead. (laughs) Sorry. Brother Chris, didn't you just turn 40? Yeah. Um, Watch out for them banana peels, okay? (laughs) Double the insurance, Kara. Double the insurance. Seriously, though, we need to do it while we can. While we can. You know, and it doesn't even take a car wreck, a stroke. I'm telling you, don't say, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I'm older. I'll do it when I have a family. I'll do it when the family's gone. I'll do it. I'll do it when I have nothing else to do is basically what we're saying. No, 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 no. Do it now. Praise Him now. Exalt Him now. Lift Him up now. Second thing we see is an intentional dissociation. An intentional dissociation. Verse 3 and 4. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no hope. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. So we have two options when it comes to whether or not we're going to trust, whether or not we're going to serve him. If we put our trust in the wrong location, it will ruin us. So we can put our trust in the insufficient, or we can put our trust in the most sufficient. When we think about the insufficient, we read verse number 3, and it says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. People who put their trust in people, um, you're in big trouble. 
It's like we're, we're going to have an election soon. And if you think whoever gets voted into the White House is going to help, man, are you deceived. He's not going to affect us spiritually or our outcome eternally. Don't put your hope in people. Well, you know, it used to be be that a man's handshake was worth something. I remember extending my hand, and that was a bond better than any contract that was ever made. I'd shake that hand, you look them in the eye, you mean business, and you would do whatever it took to fulfill that contract that you made, that bond that you made that day. Nowadays, handshake don't mean nothing. You can't even get people to look you in the eye. You, everybody's shifty. and it, I wouldn't trust the individual who won't look me in the eye. But don't put your, don't put your trust in a man. People put their trust in people. People put their trust in riches. Don't put your trust in, in other people's riches or your riches. Well, I'm going to go along with this guy because he's got all the money and he's paying the way. I'm going to go his way. Yeah, wait just a minute. That's, that's not a good way to live. Don't live on the, on the shirt tail of some other person. You need to be on God's shirt tail. You need to be walking with him. You need to be fellowshipping with him. Don't, don't follow the reputation of other people. All these will fail. Men will let you down because they'll die also. Riches are not going to last for eternity. In the last days, it'll be like putting money in a bag of holes. Don't put your trust in money. Put your trust in Jesus. He's the only one not going anywhere. The most sufficient. The most sufficient is Jesus. He and he alone can help the helpless. He alone is able to be there at all times and to bring comfort and peace to our lives. He alone can meet the needs that no one else can meet. When we move our dependency to God, then it's easier for us to praise the Lord when we put our confidence in him. Our third point is an accurate revelation. An accurate revelation. Verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. God revealed himself to us. I'm so glad that God's revealed himself to us. George Bernard, Bernard Shaw said this, God made us in his image. And we return the favor. Think about it. God made us in his image. And we've returned the favor. In other words, we've tried to make God like us. You can't do that. He alone is God. He's not a God to be made in our image. He's not a God to be made by hand. The Bible tells us about himself and Verse 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. God is the one who provides help and hope. He's the one that can do that. He's the one that can provide the help and hope of life. The help, we think, in Genesis chapter 1, where Eve was introduced to Adam. She was his help. She was his easer. She was to help him. She wasn't a geezer. She was an easer. Okay? She was make his life easier, to be a help to him, to help him. She's there to help, 
men, we would be a mess if left to ourselves. We need help. Oh, man, come on, girls. Are you asleep? That's a great point to go, amen. Yeah, men need help. That's why it's a good thing for a man to marry a good wife, one that loves God. There's another thing. She's the one. My wife is the one who can speak to me like no one else. Sometimes you people are so kind, you go by, that was a great message, Pastor. That was, that was a great message. Oh, that was a great message. Get in the car? She hadn't said a word. So finally I ask, what did you think of the message? I don't Like, well, wait a minute. I just got stroked 20 ways, and you're wanting to turn the cat around stroke in another way? <laughs> Can't you just fall in line, woman? <laughs> I'm going to take you home. I'm going to buy you supper. And, and you're going to really... She helps me see things honestly that no one else helps me see. I, I, I've said many times that she is the, the buffer between my stupidity and you. All of you. Because I can get pretty stupid sometimes. I can get pretty macho. Uh, they ain't going to do that to me ever again. Uh, wait a minute, honey. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Think about what God's done for you. Think about what God's blessed you with. I mean, she just got away. And I, I think sometimes she doesn't even think that she's hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk out of the room thinking about it. I hate it. I hate it. Just hate it. Seems like she's always right. Why did I have to miss marry Miss Always Right? Huh, Lalo? Why, why couldn't I just get one of them sometimes right girls? No, I had to get always right. <sighs> yeah, I guess, I guess you're probably right. I guess Al, that, that does make sense. Yeah, that would be the better way. I'm just telling you, she is my helper. She's a great blessing to me. I've often told her, I said, you're the best thing God's ever given me. Best thing God's ever given me. God is my help. I'm so glad he is. I'm so glad he looked down and he said, you know, Kevin Metzinger, he's a pretty egotistical guy. I better give him a woman that can help put him in line. I'm going to line this gal up. Let's see if he's smart enough to pick her. Yeah, okay, he did. Now he's in for it. We'll remold him, remake him. No, he is my help. He is my hope. He is my hope. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob. You ever thought about that phrase? Why the God of Jacob? Why not the God of Abraham? I mean, Jacob was a scoundrel, a shyster, a deceiver, a liar. Why, why not pick some, like, really righteous guy, you know? Why not, like, Abraham? Oh, wait a minute, he was a liar, too. Well, I guess the truth of the matter is that 
Anytime we would throw any human's name in there, we would all probably see ourselves. I'm glad that God didn't look down and say, you're not good enough. Wouldn't that have been horrible? If God would look down and said, you're not good enough, now I'll be honest with you, I'd probably say, okay, I understand that. Because I wasn't just the greatest of guys. But he is the greatest of gods. And he looked down and he said, I'll be your God. I'll be your God. So we could say the God of heaven or the God of Josh or God of Lalo or the God of Caitlin. We can look down and we can say, he's our God. He took us where we were and he's taken worse than us. Let's just think about this just one moment. If we're not careful, it's easy to, in our righteousness, to become pretty judgmental of others. Uh, I've done this Christian thing a long time. I'm, I got it pretty well down. And God's forgiven me a lot, but that we're not going to bring that up. But that guy right there, I don't know. He deserves to be forgiven. Why not? I got enough baggage behind me. I think God can forgive anybody because of the baggage behind me. And yet many times, if we're not careful, we just want to set judge, 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 and we, we forget to look behind us. It's like doing this. You know how dumb this is? First of all, it could go off. Let me decock it. The dumb thing is I got all these pointing back at me. God of Jacob, man, I'm, I'm so glad to have God in my life. Why shouldn't I be embracing of others who want to say, man, I blew it, I, I, I did this wrong. Well, you know, I, I've just got this list of things and you did the wrong thing and I'm not going to forgive you. No, that's not our God. God never looked at us and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to forgive everybody but this right here. I've had people ask the dumb question before Mr. Lalo and they say, do you think God had saved Hitler? And I say, you betcha. How do you know? Because he saved Paul. And Paul was worse than Hitler. Well, they're probably both the same. Both persecuted God's people, right? We see the revelation of who God is. Verses 6 through 10. Verse 6. Which made heaven and earth, the sea and all that therein, which keepeth truth forever. I just called that the creator God. Verse 7. Which executeth judgment for the oppressed. I, I call that the, the executor God. Which giveth food to the hungry. Well, that's the provider God. Which... The Lord looseth the prisoners. He's the looser God. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. He's the open God. 
The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. He's the razor God. The Lord loveth the righteous. He's the lover God. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He's the preserver God. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. He's the reliever God. He, but, I'm sorry, but the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. And I put, he's the turner God, but then I put a slash, he's the flipper God. He flips their world upside down. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. How about that? How long is a generation? 100 years? 100 years? We're roughly 6,000 years. We're getting close to being a 6,000-year-old world. The, the liars, the evolutionists, the theoevolutionists, they tell you that this has all evolved. I believe that God created it mature, put man right in a... Why would he put him in a baby environment he didn't do that he i believe he created you either believe the book or you don't believe the book Six thousand years so um there'd be six one thousand segments and we're talking about a hundred years in a generation so basically there's what in a thousand there'd be ten generations Ten generations times six, sixty generations, and God is still the only God. From generation to generation. The God that was my parents' God is my God, is my kids' God. I praise my grandkids' God. Boy, I wish I could go back further than that. I can go back to um, Met Singers who were in North Carolina who were persecuted and actually went to Arkansas to get away from the persecution of being a Baptist. That's pretty cool. So I don't know exactly how many generations back I go to the point where accepted Jesus Christ and, and he was Lord and Savior and all that. I understand that the first thousand to 1,500, I probably should have played this out a little more in my head, uh, before the coming of Christ and his death there on the cross of Calvary, so we have, let's say we have 40 generations. It's still good for the next generation and the next generation. And eventually these generations are going to end because Jesus is going to come. We're going to go to heaven, the battle of Armageddon, all that goes on there. And then we have the great white throne judgment. And then we're in heaven for eternity. Through it all, he is God. And he deserves our hallelujahs. He deserves our hallelujahs. Well, preacher, I was there when you preached that in 2023. But I'm telling you, it's 2025. And my feelings are hurt. I'm just a little upset. You know that associate you had, Brother Lalo? He, he hurt my feelings. I haven't been back. I'm just picking on you, brother. I haven't been back since he said this or he did that. Well, I just... I just don't know that I can ever go back to a church like that. What are you going to do in heaven? 
Time out. What are you going to do in heaven, huh? Might as well get it worked out now. Is that not right? Would that not be the scriptural thing to do? Work it out, get it taken care of, then we might function on together till we go to heaven for all of eternity? Nope, I got mad in 2024. I left that place. I ain't ever going to be hurt like that again. You know how many, how many people are sitting at home today that used to be? I, I'm, I meet them all the time. I used to go to church. I used to sing in a choir. I used to this, I used to that. I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to. Well, why don't you? Yeah, this happened, that happened. Did God let someone down? I'll guarantee you, we will let people down. You just go home and look at yourself in the mirror and just say, I let people down. Because you do. It's just the way it is. You're going to let people down. That's why it's so valuable that we learn lessons like, hey, Lalo, man, I'm so sorry. You know, will you forgive me? And then if he won't, <laughs> if he won't because he's a bonehead, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive him and walk on down the road. I want to be right with God. And I'll pray. Well, you know, God worked in Lalo's life, helped him to come to the realization that, you know, I forgive him, and I just want him back in a right relationship. And then eventually he comes to me and goes, I'm sorry, I should have accepted your apology then, and I didn't. I was just bonehead, you know, just dumb associate, didn't know what to do. And, you know, I, I'm going to take the trash out. I'm going to do better. I'm going to, you know. <laughs> it's so silly. But isn't a lot of junk just so silly when we think about an awesome God? Who's done so much for us? Until a couple of years ago, my wife and I sat in an environment, and I'm telling you, this lady lit me up. Not nicely. I mean, she lit me up. And I just sat there and then, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry, you're right. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. And that was what I did. And it wasn't lip service. I really was genuinely sorry that I had failed. And they left, and they ended up leaving. And I'm visiting with my wife, and she goes, why were you so apologetic? I said, I think that's what God wants. It's not about trying to even a score, anything like that. It's just like I wanted to win a sister. I wanted to win a confidence. I have no problem telling you I'm sorry. I mean, I look in the mirror, and a lot of times I tell myself I'm sorry. He's the one that deserves it all. I'd be absolutely nothing without him. Let the hallelujahs reign. God, you're an awesome God. You deserve to be praised. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye that you even let me speak of you. Praise you that you let me tell others about you. Praise you that you've given me a Bible to read and a wife to love and a church to be a part of. God, praise your name for who you are. For you are an awesome God. Lord Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for the awesome God that you are. Thank you, Lord, Mike. The hallelujah is just 
roll off our lips as we stop and daily think of you and daily thank you and daily praise you for all that you have done for us and all that you've given to us. God, the opportunity to share with others and to tell others. God, might we embrace that wholeheartedly and share the great God that loves us and cares for us. Thank you for your goodness and love. Do your will in our lives in this invitation. We'll give you the honor and glory and praise. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Invitation is going to start. God's spoken to your heart. Encourage you to come, whatever your need. just a few moments we're going to dismiss um we had uh, church bring food for the gilson funeral and we had quite a bit left over and so uh we're going to have that available this afternoon if you'd like to stay eat lunch with us and then uh, be ready for the one o'clock service or if you have other plans and you want to go out to eat or whatever and come back that's that's fine too but um the, that will be available as soon as we dismiss today we'll go to the uh, fellowship hall and then we'll have a word of prayer and, and eat lunch together uh, and then if that's not enough we're going to have a senior saint luncheon tomorrow at eleven thirty. and so senior saints we encourage you to come it's always a great time uh, the homeschool co-op the kids uh, will be there and uh, be helping uh, with that and so that's always a blessing to be able to spend time with the young people of the church uh, ladies thanksgiving then will be on saturday uh, the 11th at 5.30 here at the church. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, ladies, and uh, encourage you to come. Veterans Day next Sunday, Brother Martin Kuhn 
uh, is going to be here to preach for us. And we've got another special uh, thing that's going to happen that day, so I encourage you to come so you see what that is. Uh, we have the Lord's Supper coming up November 21st at 7 o'clock. And uh, then we have guest speaker Brother Rick Carter from Beth Haven Baptist Church in Oklahoma City will be with us on the 26th. And then we'll be receiving our Christmas missions offering uh, on December 3rd to be a blessing to our missionaries and help them uh, as uh, they celebrate Christmas where God has called them to celebrate Christmas. I ask that you remember to pray for one another. We need to pray for one another, encourage one another, and lift one another up in the Lord. Remember to pray for the Gilsons as they uh, continue to go through this time, uh, that God would just be the ever-present help in their time of need. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll dismiss. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this time together this morning. We pray, dear God, that you would uh, lead and guide and activities follow. Might you be honored and glorified through each and every one. We love you and ask these things in your precious name. Amen. God bless you.